Oh, oh start with sports, huh? Well, we probably will, but let's freaking do it. Ladies there it is. Yeah. Please welcome. We're back. Dean Smith and Steve Mix. You are now entering the Megacast. What's up, Ted? Should I call you Steve Miggs or Bowie's best friend? Yeah, BBF, Bowie's best friend. I almost bought a Bowie jersey after uh, Monday's cracking game. I mean, we were both we were both there. Yes, I everybody I came into work Tuesday and was like, "Did you meet Bowie?" And I'm like, "No, no I didn't." And they're like, yeah. "Well, Steve did." I'm like, yeah. well, I, "All right, I, yeah. yeah, Steve sent me the pictures. I yeah. get it." He, we, you know, he could have met him. He, he met with us uh, after the second period when we were all going to hang out and God didn't hear back it. from Ted. But Bowie swung by. He's a man of his word. <laughs> How did you get Bowie to swing by your seats? This is one of the greatest stories. Okay, we'll go right into it because it's... I will say, in my defense, I was eating Ding Tai Funk. DTF for life. That was one of the... We'll get into that as well because it's a pretty funny story about Ted wanting to meet up with us and then just ghosting us. Yeah. <laughs> Tandy and I are still talking about it. Like, are you? Have you heard back from Ted yet? Not yet. Nope. Still waiting. He said, oh, my man. <laughs> it's a quick story. Ted's like, you're at the game? I'm like, yeah, we're at the game. He's like, well, I'm like, where are you at? He's like, I'm in the Symmetric Club. I'm like, well, not finding you in there because we accidentally tried to get in there because our seat said going through section one. All right. But it meant section one on the upper level. All right. So we tried to do the thing and it was like a giant red buzz. Like, like no. we were trying to break in. All right. And everyone looked at us like losers. I'm like, uh. I don't know where I'm going. And the lady just laughed. She's like, no, you're up there. So Let Ted, me say in my defense, though. Yes. I was with people that had the tickets. I do not go to a lot of games. So I was just like, all right, I'm in this club. Right. So Dan Ted's in the club. He's like, I'm like, yeah, well, we're in 201. We're hanging with the common folk. You know, no big deal. And he's like, all right, second period intermission meetup for beers or something? Yeah. Hell yeah. Sounds great. Period two ends. Text Ted, where are you at? Where you want to meet? Nothing. Nothing. Still waiting for that text back. We Danny's like, even some other people, I'm like, no, no, we're going to meet up with Ted, so I can't meet up with you. Waiting, I'm checking. Like, have you heard from Ted yet? No, 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 he's just completely not. Third period starting. Oh, let's go get some french fries since we've been kind of just waiting around. <laughs> so we'll go get some french fries. So I heard from Ted. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, maybe his phone died. I don't know. Like, something happened. Go on Twitter. Ted's replying to a tweet sent to him and I. At that moment, about the mega cast to <laughs> that Jay Poopsmith or whoever that guy is. On. I say that I think I said that before I no, got to the no, game. No, well at least was it? Said, no, it happened while the third period was going on. You're like, oh yeah, we're mega cast. I'm like, so his phone's working. I, I, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I got completely yeah. lost. Yeah. We went up in the second period to get a cocktail, and then a bunch of food showed up. I did text Steve, and it's I mean Steve, look, full disclosure, I lost the whole second period. I, yeah, clearly, I'm still. I, not, in all fairness, I don't know. You didn't tell us. Which game you wanted to meet at the uh, after the second period? Yeah, I'm talking about the one in December. December, we'll see you there. Okay, good. Well, then write me back November. Let me know where you want to meet. I was like, did I just get ghosted by Ted? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. Let's see how things are. Well, I mean, technically, you're right, but it just, I, I didn't even think about it. Spiritually, I'm right. Technically, emotionally, I'm right. Ted big time does. I did. Oh, I'm in the Symmetric Club. You come meet us. You just get in. You just take it. <laughs> All right. The Bowie story is, I, honestly, I've had so many people say that was one of the most entertaining and dumb stories they've ever heard in their life. All right. So like you, obsessed with mascots. Yeah. You more than me, of course. But when Bowie got on the scene, I've been all about Bowie. I think Bowie's fantastic. All right, good. We've had some conversations on the podcast. People aren't sure. So how do you feel about him? Ah, I wasn't sure at first when I first saw him. I thought yeah. it was a little too inside. But now I think he's a freak, and it's kind of weird, and he's got that removable tooth. So, like, yeah. I'm in. Go He's Bowie. a troll. He likes grunge music. I was yeah. pitching for a, a mascot named Grungy that would have dreadlocks, but they were tentacles, All right. and, and a guitar, and he just played grunge songs. Like, whenever grunge songs run, he came out, and, ah, I'm grungy. He's kind of that, though. He even he says is. he likes grunge music, and he looks kind of grungy. Yeah. So, anyways, we're like, look, let's go to the game. Maybe we'll meet Bowie. We have to get a picture with Bowie. So we sent out a tweet first thing when we got there of Danny and I. We're like, we're at the Kraken game. Bowie, we're looking for you. And our whole thing was, if we don't find him in the first two periods, period three is spent tracking him down. All we right. will go wherever Bowie is, and we're going to find him, and we're going to get a picture. Like That was our goal. All right. So he tweets back immediately. 
or his handler. Uh, but he tweets back immediately. It's just like, well, I've got my, I'm looking for you guys too. And I'm like, that's pretty funny. All right. So All I right. had I known, I would have sent him, well, we're in section 201. But I didn't think he was serious. I thought it was just Bowie being a troll because that's his right. whole thing. So now we're like 10 minutes into the first period. <laughs> and while we're watching the game, I look down. And, you know, because we're in the row A of 200. So it's like us. Then there's like a, a then there's just nothing, and then it's a drop off of like ten feet to the one hundred level where you were, where I was, yeah, Steve. Yes, where the Symmetric Club would be. I was eating with chopsticks. I can only imagine gold plated too, right? <laughs> I did get free sushi at the end of the night. Oh, uh, the hand rolls. Yes, are they good? They are. I'm not positive how to eat them with your hand. I guess so. Yeah, they're called hand rolls. I was still using my chopsticks. I was kind of. I was kind of. The guy was just like, "Games end, and you guys want some sushi." Oh, man, living the good life in the Symmetric Club. They didn't give us anything. They gave me a napkin and an extra magnet. <laughs> right? <laughs> I do have a magnet on my fridge. <laughs> you know, let's circle the date that we're meeting you after the second period. <laughs> I just farted. I laughed so hard. Sorry. So, anyways. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm just re-looking this up now. <laughs> oh, with the text? Yeah. You're right. Second period meetup. Hell yeah. Where you want to meet. And I just never nothing, respond. Nothing. I still haven't heard from you. Are you replying now? Yes. You dick. <laughs> so, so I look down, Ted. All right. And I, I mean this when I said it even on the air. You know, like the, the, the sound, like the, oh, of like the opening of the pearly gates in like movies. Sure. I look down and lock eyes with our mascot, Bowie. And he looks up at me. I look at him and he opens up his arms like, like Scott Stapp from Creed with arms wide open. Like, really? He's like, I'm here. And we're like, are we give him the you here for us? And he nods his head. Yeah. I almost jumped over <laughs> the barricade and like risked blowing out both MCLs, a 10-foot drop or a nine, whatever it is, eight-foot drop to go. I was like, what do we do? Like he's down there, but we're up here. All right. And so I'm like, ah. And then he just leaves. I'm like, God, that was our opportunity. We lost it. So now we're like two. Maybe not even. A minute later, not 30 seconds goes by. Look to the left. Who's coming out of the section? It's freaking Bowie at the end of our row. Like, what's up, fellas? I'm here for you. How did he find you if you didn't text the section? He had a look at the picture and figured out that we were around section 201. Also, I bet he was using an elevator. I tried to get up there. It's hard to get up to that second level. Yeah, you know, it's tough. (laughs) You were trying to find us. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I was lost. Now my the game is going on, and I, usually I would never get up during a, a while play is happening. But I'm like in my head, I'm like, we only have this small window of opportunity. But we's not going to wait for us for a puck stoppage. So Danny and I go, excuse us, and we f- like are jumping over people's laps, barreling through because we're in the middle of the row. We're like All right. dead center. All right, there's still like you know, 15, 16 seats to each side of us, flying over people. And now we're hugging Bowie like as if it's like a long lost relative. <laughs> He's hugging us. We're high fiving. Now we're getting pictures. All this is going on. My heart's racing, dude. I like, mean, the pictures look awesome. It looks oh. like you guys. I mean, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, Steve must have like reached like somehow he must have set this up. All I said was, "Can you give me a headlock?" He's like, "Boom!" And the headlock starts giving me a noogie. I hold my hat so you can see my face. So I'm like, "The picture I need to be seen." Yeah. But then we take the picture of the three of us, and I felt awful. Like both Danny and I weren't even thinking. We didn't even bother to put Bowie in the middle. So it's just me in the middle, with, like as if I'm the guy with Danny. I'm like, "Dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that." Did He's you like, shove Danny out of the way yeah, to get one with kinda, just Bowie? Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> And we used Danny's phone. It was a massive power play. (laughs) Take the picture. I power played you and then you returned the favor to Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poop rolls downhill. Damn right. (laughs) Fish heads from the top down. So uh, take the picture. Now there's a couple of people that want to get pictures with Bowie. And Bowie's just like deuces. And And rolls out. Rolls out. He's got stuff to do. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got to get back down there during a period. Dude, I'm not lying. He specifically came. It's not even like us. Do you think he came for us? No, he legitimately came because we tweeted at him. And that's the only reason why we would have met him. Otherwise, never would have had. We almost then went to the team shop where they were selling, you know, the the jerseys with players' names on them. Yeah. They also sell a Bowie jersey, 
with number Damn. zero and it says buoy. I was like, dude, if I had a little extra couple dollars and I wasn't fresh off of going to Disney World, I would have dropped $200 and bought a buoy jersey. I was that fired up. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's better than meeting any of the players. Right, because Bowie's, I mean, look, Bowie's with the club. Right. right. He's not going to get traded. Right. He's here. He's a. He's here forever now. Yeah, I'm wearing a knockoff Geo jersey tonight. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? <laughs> I don't I know. And I was like, oh, Steve didn't wear his. I couldn't find it on Monday. I found this morning. I was like, nice. can I still wear this? I was looking for you a, that way. It's a not. I was wearing a red Smith Family Popcorn shirt against a, a team wearing red. I, What's just, wrong I, with you? I'm glad we didn't meet up. <laughs> Dude, I got told him, I was like, I honestly don't think I would have been that geek to meet Yanni Gord, who's my favorite player on the Kraken. Like, it would be cool to meet Yanni Gord, and I'd love to get a picture with him. Like, that'd be awesome. But I wouldn't be that. I felt like Tatum did at Disney World when she met Minnie Mouse. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to keep hugging. I didn't want to let him go. Kept high-fiving. Tell him you love him. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like, if you saw the picture of uh, Tatum with with, uh, uh, Pluto, um, like my social media pages... I had the exact same look on my face. This is the greatest day of my life. Yeah, and also, I will say this. Somehow, I've just lucked into two pairs of tickets this week. Yeah. So, like, I think part of me was like, ah, I'll see Steve Wednesday. And then it's like, today, you're like, no, I'm not going Wednesday. Like, you're the only jackass just getting free tickets left and right. Don't get me wrong. If I was getting free tickets, I'd go as much as possible. (laughs) But no, I'm not going to. I don't know when. That's why I knew I wasn't going Saturday because I was going to Candlebox that night. All right. And well, I'm glad. I, imagine having Mariner tickets and then trying to go to a cracking game while the Mariners game didn't even end before the cracking game started. That I mean, that was the craziest sports day I think I've seen in a long time. Um, I know we'll probably talk more about that. And also later on, speaking of Candlebox, I've got a quick interview I did with uh, Kevin Martin at the Snoqualmie Casino, the front man of Candlebox. Nice. Put it at the end of this podcast. So it'll be towards the very end. Uh, but you'll be able to did hear. Stop by the steakhouse? I didn't. Ooh. Well, you're not eating meat. It's not right. really the spot to go. That's a good point. That's yeah. right. You don't need any meat. No, I haven't. So been you can get seafood. No, I couldn't get the seafood either. I did get the impossible meatball sub at um, at the cracking game. All right. That'd be good. It was amazing. Yeah. Because they, they put provolone cheese on it, but they do that part made to order. So I was like, hey, can I just get the meatball sub without the provolone? Because they melt it on the grill. Yeah. Or like that little, you know, like the, the, the fryer or whatever. And then they slap on the, the melted cheese on top. So like, yeah, sure. And they just put the peppers on top of it with the sauce. Oh. In. Chef's kiss, and it was so good. Like, even even if you're not a a, a plant based type of person, I don't think you would even notice that it was a plant based meatball. Yeah, and I was doing the opposite. I was eating ding tai fung and chicken and then a sushi hand roll. Nice, <laughs> just getting all life. the meat in. Yeah, all the meat. All the meat. Skipping you, getting all the meat. Yeah, blowing me off for the meat. I get it. Since I went plant based, you've just been ghosting me, man. <laughs> yeah, you know me. You know how I get. Tech talks, starring the Tech Smith. <laughs> Blow off your friends. There's your TED Talk. I know. And it's the opposite of the TED Talk. <laughs> uh, first, if, if you say stay in touch with people and hang out with them, especially after the second period, I might come over there and give you a noogie. Well, Steve, my dad did die. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just, right. I wanted to say thank you to all the mega cats people that sent nice messages. I'm not laughing about it. I was no, like, I know. You're leaving me no way to transition into this. No, sorry. That's all right. I'm sorry. And you know that nothing but love for you. <laughs> nothing uh, but love. I, I, obviously, a lot of mega cast listeners know your pops because he's been on our podcast before. Correct. Yeah. And people sent some really nice messages and everything. So thanks for everybody doing that. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I had somebody else I know in my life pass away last week. I'm just like, Unbelievable. yeah, I don't, I don't know what the advice is other than, man, I, I don't care who you are. Like, life can be just short and fleeting. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously, my dad was a little bit different story. He'd been sick for a minute, but. The other one wasn't. The other one wasn't. No. Right? I was just like, kind of said that to me off guard. I, my jaw dropped. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear that today. No. Trust huh. me, I wasn't expecting to hear it last week. So I was just Absolutely. like, man, this is crazy. Uh, but yeah, other than, you know. Blowing off friends at hockey games, trying to stay in touch with some people. <laughs> no, when they say, oh, you say it like that, tomorrow is never promised. And I know sometimes that's a little over the top, like massive saying, like that's kind of scary when you're like, tomorrow's not promised. The world might come to an end, but it's when you have those moments, yeah, the it does past feel month, that way. I was going to say, the past month I've had, I'm like, I think that's real. Yeah. I mean, obviously it is. It's the only guarantee we all have, right? Right. It's like, when you start, somebody's going to pass away. Right, right. The, the 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 book eventually closes for all of us. Correct. You just hope that it's a very like you know it's a Lord of the Rings type book and not like a pamphlet. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and it's also weird, too, is like, obviously, I moved across the country, but even at the wake, right, for my dad, like, a lot of people showed up, and it's like, people are very, you know, like, sorry for your loss and everything, and I had to fight back a couple times, like, smiling. I mean, there were some people I hadn't seen in 20 years. So it's ha- you're happy to see them. Right. Yeah. And I was like, this is really bad circumstances, but it's like, it's really good to see, and some of them are older, too. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's good to see you. Did this you pull the usual when you say, let's take care. Let's hope next time we see each other, it's under better circumstances. I feel like that's always the thing that's said at a funeral. Let's stay in touch. Let's try not to get together when someone dies. Correct. Yeah. It was more, I got a, I got at least like five, like, yeah, I don't know why we haven't been to the Northwest. Because right? I I mean, I, I blatantly tell anybody, whether you're related to me, a second cousin, whatever, like, hey, come to Seattle. We'll hang out. But it's yep. so far away from Maryland. Most people never do it. But yeah, I definitely, people were like, well, we're planning trips to like this and that. Like, I was like, yeah, swing through. And they're like, yeah, that's a good point. And then it's like, how long have you been out there? It's like, well, it's been about 20 years. Yeah. Oh, man, I feel bad. Like, yeah. you don't have to feel bad. But yeah. seriously, like, like, it's a nice place to visit. I always You'll like the that. Northwest. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, and fa- family, friends, swing by. Don't hit me up. Just let me know when you leave and let me know what you thought of it because I bet you'd love it. That's how I always <laughs> tell it. Steve, I got to tell you that there was some good food, though, too, eating. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. A lot of crab. Uh, a lot of shrimp. We had some crab cakes. We got in a Maryland tailgate one day. I, I saw a lot of good pictures, a lot of smiles, which made me oh, happy. I know it was like a happy time, but when you could get a couple of smiles being around friends and family and enjoying some things from home that you don't usually get to, that's awesome. Yeah, the tailgate was wild. Yeah. So the Smith boys got loose that day. Uh oh. A lot of popcorn was eaten. <laughs> Actually, there was because my uncle came down and have they, we squashed the beef with Smith Family popcorn. We have. We're we're their official sponsor now. Okay, good. <laughs> but my one cousin did call me the other on Monday and he's like, "Are we good?" And I go, "What do you mean, are we good?" He's like, "Are we good?" And I'm like, "What's up, dude?" And he's like, "Well, listen to the Mega Cats finally." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> just playing." <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know me. I'm always playing both sides. So like Monday. After the funeral, like a bunch of us go back to my cousin Tom's house. Mm. But we have five gallon bags of Smith Family popcorn, but also everybody's in the gear. So I like take a video and I'm just like, you know, like Jillian, what do you got there? And she's like, Smith Family popcorn. And like, pan, I'm like, Ryan, what do you get? These? Tom's kids, like, Smith Family popcorn. And I pan to everybody in the sweatshirts and t shirts. I go, That's take awesome. that, take that, Cobb. Oh, <laughs> East Coast, West Coast Wars. It is. Yeah, the dill pop, I mean, the dill pickle one. It's, it's that good. It's that good. So, right. So, we had the popcorn, obviously some crab balls and stuff. But then Sunday over at my aunt uh, Barbara and Uncle Tim's house, there's a place in uh, in the D.C. area called Three Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Just good old school Italian food. So, I mean, Steve, it was like, it was like your, uh, uh, what do you call it? The it rehearsal, rehearsal dinner. dinner. Yeah. Right? Like food on trays of, of lasagna, yeah. trays of big ziti. Uh, was it rigatoni, a thing of meatballs, and then one tray that was just their house-made sausage and peppers. Oh, no. In marinara sauce. I was like, do they cook it in the sauce? Yes. I was just eating in, like, garlic bread. Like, I mean, I was just eating bowls of sausage and peppers. Dude, I don't know how to, like, if, if you've never experienced eating sausage that was basically boiled in marinara sauce, and that's how it's cooked. It's unreal. It's a, it's a whole nother experience. Yeah. I almost want to do that. I know, like. Plant based is a little bit different, like but like they have like those Beyond Meat sausages that are really good. They are. I've had some of those. Yeah, like I wonder if I could pull that off. If it would be, at least recreate the spirit of it. It won't be as good, obviously, but because my mom used to do that all day long. Right, you'd just be cooking in the crock pot. Drop the sausage in there and let it cook in the marinara sauce. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, it was it was awesome. Oh. So yeah, a lot of good food and stuff. So that part of it was all great. Yeah, but yeah, reason why you were there was not. No. No. So, but yeah, we got the Maryland game in. Uh, I don't know if I showed you, like, you like mascots? I do. So this picture we got with Testudo. So you got to keep in mind, this is a couple weeks ago. So the remnants of that hurricane were, like, coming through with, like, bands of rain. So Testudo, who is a giant terrapin, (laughs) I feel like he was in his rain gear. Oh, my gosh. And it matches your shirt. (laughs) Tatum would love that mascot. She loves turtles. Oh, he's the man. Well, I mean, I'm a Maryland fan. And then, yeah, there's just the spread of the oh Italian gosh, food. Oh, dude. Incredible. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, you know, bad bad reason to go, but good to see everybody and, and stuff like that. And you're right. You have the same conversations. It was also funny. So, the funeral's on a Monday. So, shout out to my sister-in-law. She finally finds a brewery, uh, Silver Branch, I think it was Silver Branch Brewery. And they're like, you know what? We don't open till four. We'll open up at... One o'clock for you guys, so you can have like a little reception afterwards. That's really cool. 
But it's Monday afternoon. First of all, it's impossible to find a place. But then we do. So, like, I got some friends there. Like, there was a decent amount of Damatha guys. Uh, and she, like, pulls me aside. He's my dad. We had already set, we'd already put aside money for stuff like this. Right. And she's like, hey, can you tell your friends to drink some beer? Like, we're still $300 below the actual tab. Wow. Right? But it's Monday afternoon, and it's like Nobody's after a few, party. Nobody's fighting. I'm like, hey, fellas. Like, you need to drink. Like, come on. Like, start drinking some beers. And like, like, there's trays of food out there. Like, eat, drink. Come on. Come on. We paid for it. We're just wasting money here, if you don't. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. It's usually the other way around. We're like, ah, you're going to have to give us some more money. Right, or people are like, you guys are drinking too much. It's yeah. like, no, will you get your friends to drink? It's like my wedding when they're like, you know that open bar that we told you would be, you paid enough money to cover the entire wedding? I know we haven't even started the reception, but you already went through that. Oh, like, oh okay, that's right. I have all my coworkers here, and they like to drink. Forget about that. That's still one of like the craziest moments. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, 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 you've already, you've already maxed out the amount that you gave us. All right, well, let me give you some more. <laughs> right, and did we end up having to go cash bar? I think we ended up at the very, very end. Yeah. yeah. I think that it was like, and it was almost like their way of being like, yeah, dude, we're running out of alcohol too. Like we need to slow this down because everybody was wasted. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why well, we take a quick break. Yep. Uh, much love and condolences to your entire family, of yeah. course. Uh, when we come back, let's talk a little bit sports. I imagine Mariners. Mariners. Cracking. Hawks are winning? Freaking Seahawks. I went to the game. You're still not getting that 12-win season though, Steve. And we're on pace. <laughs> Until they lose five games or six, I believe. All right. Russ is tanking. He is so bad. So People hate him. I'm starting to feel bad for the dude. Same. Okay, right. I went from really enjoying him being hated on to like kind of feeling bad, like the bully that finally is getting like overly bullied back. Like, did you watch Cobra Kai? Uh, I haven't watched this last season. All right. Well, I won't spoil it, but there was a character that's kind of a big bully in the last season. Yeah. But then one of the kids learns karate, becomes a, like a. The, the bad Cobra Kai guys. Right. And starts bullying the bully. And then you start feeling bad for the bully. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, man, I think he's depressed. He looks so He didn't even say, let's ride. I know. I know. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. We'll talk a little bit of all that. And uh, hopefully I'll run into Ted after the second period. When oh, the after this intermission? Every <laughs> <Yeah>, turn. <laughs> they say I should say something nice about Ted and Steve. These guys are so dumb that you'll feel way smarter just by listening. How's that? The Megacast will be back. At first, I thought I just loved fall like everyone else. But then one day, I let my daughter walk home in the pouring rain. I could have been on time, but I stopped for another pumpkin spice latte. We were having dinner with friends. I got blackout drunk on pumpkin ale. My wife told me that I tried to romance a bowl of pumpkin risotto. She'll never unsee that. These are real stories from real addicts. That's why we at Pfizer develop the Pumpkin Patch, a convenient, discreet, wearable step-down treatment to stop the cravings threatening pumpkin addicts and their families. Good people with a bad habit who just needed a little help to get their lives back. I'm not late for the bus anymore. We're starting to use our real names again, and it feels pretty good. The Pumpkin Patch is not covered by insurance, but at $9.50, it's still cheaper than a latte. The Pumpkin Patch from Pfizer. We're more than just COVID and boners. I feel like I am stuck at a party that I didn't even want to be invited to. The Megacast is back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're just sitting here bitching about the hockey Oh, team. my gosh. We got a little fired up. So maybe we should just jump right into it, Ted. Spanning the globe. We're keeping our sponsor, right? We are. Yeah, they're back in. Yeah. The thrill of victory. The agony of defeat. This is the Ted Smiths. The wide world of sports. Brought to you by Smith Family Popcorn. Good people. Great popcorn. Best popcorn. <laughs> it, that dill is so good. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. They're working on it. I, I got it. Bring it during it, and then after the second period, can you bring it by? <laughs> 
I'll, try I'll order some in December. Oh, that's right. You still won't eat it. I'll have a couple you bites. You can have a couple bites. Yeah, you don't have to buy a whole thing for me. I'm telling you, the dill popcorn from Sesame Popcorn, like the salt and vinegar is good. The dill is just just enough that like like Sunday night, like people weren't even really drinking anymore. We were just sitting around talking. And finally, yeah. like my Uncle Phil's like, he works there. And he's like, get that popcorn away from yeah, us. Yeah, it's trouble. It's, yeah, you're just talking and eating yeah. and eating. Uh, all right. So we were saying about the Kraken, before I get into Mariners and stuff, again, I am not a super hockey guy. But you know a lot. Right. They're always a pass away. Yes. And then Grubauer, he doesn't play bad. I just feel like every game he lets in maybe one that he shouldn't. Yep. And he doesn't make that that save that like... He doesn't save the game. Correct. Yeah. And that's that first goal was awful. It was <laughs> I mean, I watched that. I'm like, even I, I would be mad at myself. And like, I give up some bad goals in beer league hockey. But I would even be like, man, Steve, you got to be better than that. Like, that was just a bad goal. Like that. Just- right. If you're not going to be like superstar, like you just got to make sure it's like a, it's like a quarterback sometimes. Right. You might not ask him to do much. Just don't throw interceptions. And for him, it's like, dude, we got to at least not let in soft ones. You got to make the saves you're supposed to. And right. then make a couple of whole. And he had a bunch of holy crap saves because Caroline is a good team. They're a Stanley yeah, Cup I contender. Right. I didn't realize that either until I was BSing with the dudes in front of us. I mean, it looked like they were on the power play the entire game. Like, we just felt shorthanded the entire... Like, we could not do anything against them. Like, they were all over us. And Gruby came up big on some of the saves when it was 2-1. to one. I'm like, all right, maybe we have a chance. And then it just... Everything fell apart from the offense to the defense to the goaltending. It was bad, dude. That was a bad game. I'm so glad we met Bowie because then I didn't care. <laughs> I'm just glad I was eating food and having fun. Right? You got to look for the silver lining. Right. Well, the other silver lining, we're just talking about Russ. So I did watch it in that game. I, I mean, look, I don't know what's going on down there in Denver. Like, maybe we all thought that team was better than they were. But, I mean, like we were saying, like, he looks legit depressed. And, like, when he doesn't say let's ride or Broncos country, like, I mean, look, there was tough losses for the Seahawks. But yeah. he always said go Hawks. It made yeah. you feel better. You know what it is? I think you could end the press conference, even on a loss, going, thanks a lot, go Broncos. You know what I yeah. mean? Because you're showing love for your team. But when you say let's ride, it's wonky, it's cheesy, like it's 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 forced. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like I don't I've never really subscribed to the theory that these athletes that do commercials aren't like practicing. Like I know he works hard, but it's almost like I don't has something shifted? Is he doing too much? And he's everywhere. And yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. It was one thing when we hated him in Seattle or kind of booed him. Like, again, when he comes back and he's done playing, people love him again. I hope so. But, like, now the whole country is just taking shots at him. His own teammates look annoyed with him. Oh, I saw the highlights when I got home on SportsCenter. Like, they're clearly talking about him. On the sidelines. Yeah. And then did you see also the footage of him trying to give everyone high fives as they're coming through the tunnel? No. And guys are just blowing him off. Really? Like he's trying to like, all right, good game, good game, good game. It's, a lot of players were hitting, you know, slapping hands with them. Some are just walking right by him like, F you. Was this after the game? I, I Before? I think it might have been, it might have been after. I'm not positive. I just saw the footage. I didn't get to watch like the context of it. I just saw it online. And I'm like, ooh, it's a weird look though. Either before or after. Guys are well, like, it's, whatever. It's, it's also hard to stay like. I think his his positivity at a certain point in Seattle, it wasn't as annoying to players because they would win games. Yeah. But in Denver, they're struggling. So it's like, you don't want to hear Mr. Positive and this and that. And like I said, he had a pass for the entire his, rest of his career here in Seattle. If he stayed in Seattle, win or lose, people were going to, they were going to roll with him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're going to like, you're going to fight for him. You're going to defend him because he brought a Super Bowl. Even if like, he never does it again. He's going to Denver where he's being he's the high profile Hollywood esque money making court limo riding you know jet flying <laughs> jet flying he's he's a star so nobody has any well he did a lot for us already so let's give him a pass no you got to go in and succeed you have no right, choice there's, there's no history there right yeah it, it it's just wild and it's also just weird to see somebody like what is he 32 yeah Right, he's not old. He shouldn't like the drop off is just like what happened. Dude. I think also it's got to be a lot of it's got to be coaching because yeah. now you're looking at you're looking at the Seahawks, right? And I was team keep Russ, get rid of Pete, but it looks like yeah. Pete's system. It's hard to argue right now. Is Geno's playing lights out? I almost feel like I saw somebody post this. And I'm like, man, I think you're right. Is that we might have been wasting some of Pete and, and John Schneider's best years <laughs> with Russell Wilson? Like they could have been doing some way more. 
probably have done way more with the money that they could have saved without Russell Wilson. And also, I mean, the offensive line looks fantastic here now. The offensive line looks terrible over in Denver. It's like you're starting to realize, like, yeah, the type of way, the play that he has, like where he's scrambling all the time, it really puts your offensive line in a disadvantage. And it'll make any good offensive line look like pure poop. It is. But also, I think he's better when he's just on the run. Yes. I, yeah, the whole thing is crazy. Did All you right. see the quick thing? Did you see Marshawn being interviewed by uh, Richard Sherman? I've seen podcast? part of it. Did you see this part where uh, Richard was asking? Because Marshawn was like, hey, man, I, you know, Richard's looking for any chance to crap all over Russell Wilson. Correct. And he tries to bring any former teammate in to join in on the, the, the poop on him parade. <laughs> Marshawn was like, no, 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 I love him. I wish. I, I heard I, that part. But so, then I also. All right, go ahead. Are you going to play? Yeah. What that what you think of your boy game, though. right now? Because he, he on a struggle bus. Man, I want to reach out to dog, bro. Because yeah, I reach mean, out to it. You know it His ain't manager. That, you know it ain't man, come His on, manager. nigga. If I can't if I if if I can't call you direct, then I ain't calling you, especially if I done went to war with you. How about that? That is wild that Marshawn Lynch can't just pick up a phone and call him. Right. Like you have to go through his manager? Yeah. He probably like texts him and says, Where you want to meet up? And Russ never gets back to him. Jesus. <laughs> His manager will let him know. <laughs> well, I have some personal experience. Like, there's, at a certain point, like I ain't going through somebody's manager. Hey, I'm Same, like, dude. Right? I've done like, that too with like some like like some of the guys we have come in, like comedians. Like some of them, I get. Like Joe Coy, him and I will text sometimes from time to time, and then I'll ask right. him something that's business really. He goes, "I feel like a douche saying this, but can you run through my publicist? Here's her number. I am terrible at keeping my schedule. I'll do it." As long as I don't have anything else planned, but I don't know if I have anything else planned because they had, I'm like, get it. And he apologized like four times after that. But that's different than him being in town and you being like, do you want to grab lunch? Right. Right. Where I've had some comedians or or like guys that are celebs that we know be like, yeah, can you run that by my person? I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, no. Like, I just need you to record a quick video. Right, and for Marshawn Lynch, it's like, right, you're on the Super Bowl team with them. I'm just like, that seems insanity to me that you'd be like, nah, you got to do this or that. And that line where he's like, "When I'm not calling, I'm not going to go through someone's manager if I went to war with the guy. Yeah. You're not wrong. So that stuff with Russell kind of still throws me off. Yeah. I'm like, ah, man, like, I don't know. It's just weird. All right, now the Mariners. Yes. That was, the, I mean, first of all, it was one of the craziest games of all time. But I mean. They're still playing, right? She, it was unreal, right? Like, I, I started watching, like, I watched a whole Maryland game. Yeah. Then we watched the end of Tennessee, Alabama. Yep. Then we watched a whole Husky game. And that game was still going on. I left to go to the Snoqualmie <laughs> Casino for the Candlebox show. And it was in the ninth inning. I got there. And the game's still going on. We were all watching and paying attention on our phone until I had to do the interview. It, it was wild. Yeah. Like, I couldn't get over I mean, I granted, it was kind of boring. But then after a while, like I don't think I've cheered that loud for balls and strikes in my life. I've never been more invested in pitching. Correct. Yes. Or getting out of jams. Oh, I, I did. Was, I fell in love with George Kirby that night. <laughs> I did feel a little bad, right? Because I've sat there watching the whole game. Sal's like doing stuff. His wife's out in the air. But by the 16th, 17th, every, everybody's in the basement watching this game now. Yep. And Steve, when it ends, and you know me, I'm not a big yeller. If I do yell, it can be pretty loud. And I just yeah, kind of walk off and just scream F oh. as loud as you. Everybody's like, yeah, right? I'm like, it's fine. I just had to get that out. Like, we just put a lot of investment. Six hours, 22 minutes, and 18 innings for this. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that the Mariners gave us two games at home, basically. <laughs> yeah, and also, it's just like, come on, Mariners. Like One a- run. Of course, the first home game, playoff game can't in 21 score. years, you can't scratch up a run, and it just is another heartbreaker. I mean, it's seeing guys like whenever anyone of notoriety got, I'm like, oh, Cal Raleigh, big dumpers up. This is going to make him a forever goat in Seattle if he hits this hits a home run now. Julio Rodriguez, I'm like, goat status going to happen now. And it's like, you know, I mean, you're playing a freaking juggernaut in, that, in Houston. I get it, but it still is a heartbreaker. Yeah, and now it's like, because that series, I think, starts tonight, right? Yankees. Yes. And, right? It's like, now I got to cheer for the Yankees? I am. Yeah, I mean, I am. The hell back, with the Astros. We got to back sucks. our boy, Nicky Scarlotta, man. Yankee oh, fan. I, the I, I like that Simply Seattle flew him out here. I, I love that people were mad about that. that were they really? Oh, dude. Why don't you give that ticket to a deserving Mariners fan as opposed to some guy that's a Yankees fan who started off clowning on the Mariners and then all of a sudden he's just milking it for opportunities. I'm like, yeah, he is totally milking it, but in a fun way. 
He like well, because they flew him out for the first series too. I think he was just hanging out at the Queen Anne Bear Hall. He's having the time of his life. Yeah, being becoming part of the history of this freaky fun season, and people embraced him. If a bunch of like people in Kansas City all of a sudden embraced you because you said something about the Royals, and it wasn't even meant to be like a positive thing, but like you're like, wait a second, they're having fun with this, and then they're sending the team sends you a jersey. Wouldn't you fall in love with the Royals? Hundred percent. They may not be your favorite team, but they'll be your number two team. Yeah, and then I and mean, then, there's teams I hate if they treated me in the way they did that guy. Like, all right, I'm cheering for you guys now, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I would, I don't blame the guy whatsoever. And then some people were like going online, and like this part was like, I understand that people don't want to associate with someone that maybe has like a, a bad past. But of course, people go online like, oh, we saw him say, you know, a certain slur back in the day, and it's like four or five years ago when this guy was a teenager and a kid, and I'm like, I'm not saying it's right. But yeah, yeah, and also the N word, but not like in like a anti, but like almost like as if he felt that he's okay to say it kind of a thing. And you're like, no, you can't. But also, you had to go back four to five years or three years to find this, and he hasn't said it since. I got to imagine that the kid grew up and realized that that's not how you talk. Right. And I, I mean, I said those words all the time back in the day. It doesn't make it okay. I mean, I feel bad about it now, but, but you like, can't change the past. Right. But it, thank you. And he's a New Yorker. Again, not saying it's a right thing to do, but I grew up in New York and you grew up on the East Coast. Some of those words were just the R word also was a terrible word. They, people, st- they still say it. And, I, and it, I cringe when I hear it and I cringe to think that maybe I, I'm positive I said it at some point when I was younger and a, a, like a, a teenager. Yeah. And But you got to look at what the past, like, okay, the last few years, you couldn't find anything of him saying that. So I got to imagine he wised up. Yeah. And it was just like, all right, now we're gone. Now, now we just... It was just a bunch of bitter Mariners fans that were upset that a company gave him tickets to a game that they felt they deserved, even though they would have never given them to that person anyway. Right. And also, like, sometimes you just got to realize what it is. Like, I I get that point of view, but also, like, look, companies that have, like, there's a lot of people that aren't Mariners fans that were in that playoff game. Exactly. Sitting there watching. 100%. (laughs) Right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. What a fun series, though. I can't believe, even though they got swept, even though they got swept, I mean, it was just... Really, one home run away from all those games being a different outcome. Yeah, I mean, right. They win that first game. Oh, Who knows what That first game hurt almost as much as the, the Seahawks losing the Super Bowl. I, so I don't, I ask people, I, like, I don't think it's on the same level, but it, it was a gut punch right there. As far as Seattle sports moments go, yeah. I mean, that would have to be up there. I think the initial moment, the lasting moment, obviously the Seahawks lost last, that hurt more long term. Because it also was kind of like the start of the demise of that franchise, like of what yeah. could have been a dynasty, or at least could have been a team that won two Super Bowls. Correct. Whereas this one, it was like, oh, this hurt just as much as watching someone intercept that ball at the end of a game. But then eventually you're like, well, they still got two more. They at least have two more games to play. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was brutal. But yeah, right, hell of a season. Yes. Got, it got the town fired up. It was good to see everybody all fired up. I went to the last regular season game, that Wednesday game. Yeah. I mean, even that, that was a 1 p.m., First pitch. I mean, the energy was awesome. People were pumped. It reminds you of how much of a baseball town Seattle is when you have a good ba- yeah. when you have a team that can make the playoffs. Yeah, and team, right. the, the city shows up. And same with kind of like you know, like look, if we had started the season, he said you're going to make the playoffs. People would have been like in. Yep. And then it's like you're going to win the first round when like in. And then yeah. it's like right, like the whole time, even as they're getting close to like clinching, like you know the Astros are sitting out there. But I mean, honestly, the Mariners weren't supposed to make it past Toronto. So no. I mean, it was a it was a hell of a run. Town got fired. And that was a that team is easy to like. Yeah, so many fun little backstories about it. That it reminds me of the Seahawks Super Bowl team for that reason, too. So many fun personalities yeah. of all walks of life. Like everybody's a little bit different, but they all work together. I hope that this is the start of something special because man, that was a lot of fun this year. And they signed Julio to an actual long-term deal. And Castillo. I mean, look, I'm holding out hope. Last year, my bold prediction in January was that the Mariners were going to make make it to the playoffs. My bold prediction this year is that somehow they end up with Otani. That is so funny you said that because that's my same feeling. Oh, I think yeah. like he said something yesterday, yes. which is rare because right, he's Japanese and that's they're not their culture is different about talking. So him saying anything about the the Angels not being happy with the club, it's like, oh man, he's going to get out of there. And like, yeah, if you imagine you brought him up here. That adds a rock star, tremendous bat, and then also adds a tremendous arm. Yeah, I, it, he's like the guy that 
always acts like his life is completely perfect until you got a couple of drinks and he's like, I hate my wife. I hate my family. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know you were human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, I watched a special on him last night where uh, Verlander's brother who played in like the, he played college, played in Old Dominion. But he's over in Japan. He's like a huge Otani fan and does specials for him and stuff. And like the way that guy grew up playing baseball and everything, it's just wild. And like they clean the field halfway through. All the players do. It's just like, oh man, he's like the best player to come out of like a baseball factory. That's crazy. And I mean, outside of Babe Ruth, like there's not an everyday player that pitches. Uh, It's amazing that in the year 2022 that we have that still. Right, like I was saying, like, Kerry Wood was a good pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. Pitched for the Cubs and stuff, and he had pop in his bat for a pitcher. But he only hit on days that he pitched because he played in the National League. Right. It's so rare to see somebody that could be a right every five-day starter who also plays the field it's and can nuts. hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like, oh, you, you're a designated hitter when you're not pitching. No, no, no. You're actually just pitching and hitting and doing it both all the time. Yeah. I, we'll end on this. The Seahawks. Look, I still don't think they're that good. Twelve and five, baby. All right, maybe eleven and six. But I will say, like that, like that wasn't the prettiest game on Sunday. But good credit to them. Like, also, I mean, that's just Car- Pete Carroll's dream, right? A lot of defense, run the ball. Yep. I mean, like we were talking with Walter Jones on on BJ and Migs. I'm like, was that the quintessential Pete Carroll game? He's like, oh yeah, definitely. Oh, it, we right. were talking about. It. He was. He had to be loving it. Defense wins games. Quarterback does nothing. To put you at risk, no turnovers, and minus that weird freaking punt, which oh, wasn't Dixon's fault. I'm starting to worry about my guy Dixon. I think though somebody just somebody didn't cover somebody, and he was about to get hurt. I yeah, I don't know. He had that weird like it was like I I don't know. That guy's so consistent. He's had a couple mishaps this year, and I'm he like, has. come on, Dixon. Like you're the you're the, like like look. When a team's only maybe trying to get to 500, like the punter has to be good. When all else fails, usually Dixon was fine. Right, like for years, when you know Maryland's football is a little better right now. But for years, we always had like the best punter in the conference. Like, right, because all he did was punt. <laughs> like, we never got. We don't want to be known for this, right? Like, generally, if you have the best punter in the league, you probably don't have the best team. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, come on, Dixon. Like, I love you, dude. Uh. I know, because then it would only been three points, and that was like that first drive. Yeah. After that first, I, we went to the game. We did one of those things where my wife and I woke up, and she's like, oh, today would be, she's like, I want to go to a Hawks game as long as the night, weather's nice. So I'm like, babe, this will probably be our only opportunity to go to a Hawks game with the weather being nice. Because oh, yeah. it's 70 degrees. The next time they play is October 30th. Weather's going to be drastically different come October 30th. It's not going to be 75 degrees and sunny. And then no. I go online, and we could get tickets for... $45 for 300 level. It was the cheapest ticket in the league this seat, this past Sunday. It was awesome. Well, it's not like there's a ton of Cardinals fans. No. And the team's like, and like I told her, I'm like, if the team gets better, ticket prices are going to go up. Like right now is a good time to go because people are still kind of on the fence with this team. Yeah. And dude, we got tickets. It was like 120 bucks after all was said and done. Parked here at the station. Didn't have to pay ridiculous amount of money nice. for parking. Walked it. Had a great time. I was amazing. Great win. Yeah. And there's something special about going to an NFL game. Yeah, I wish I would have seen a Geno touchdown pass, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. You got a W. That's all that matters. Yeah, like last year when I went to that Niners game, like that was in December. Like I didn't think they were going to win. Then they did. I was like, this is, fr-. I forget, because I don't go to a ton of NFL games. I always forget when I go. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is a ton of fun. It's been a couple of years for us. Yeah, it's usually I'm playing soccer. Just like Sundays yeah. are busy. But yeah, going to a game, I'm like, this is awesome. And you know my wife. I was blown away that she was even up for the challenge. I, when I saw the pictures, I was like, huh, all right. I was, I was like, really? She's like, I think I could pull it off. And then I thought we were going to have to pull the plug because Tatum decided that morning we're trying to potty train her. She took a giant crap in the in the playroom. Oh. Yeah, that was funny. Just on the floor? Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, we're both, I just but got I guess it's shower. better technically than going in your pants? Yeah, we're trying to like things that we read online where it's like we keep her pantless and underwearless for the most part during at home. All right. So that way she doesn't just do that because, you know, sometimes having the underwear on makes her think that she has diapers on and she can just get away with dropping a turd in her pants. Yep. She's good with peeing. Pooping, she hasn't really figured out just yet. And so I get out and I look, I see like a little nugget and I'm like, ah, oh, Lulu. Oh. And I go into the playroom. I follow the trail. And then there's a giant, not Lulu-sized poop. And I'm like, oh, Tatum, where are you? I thought she was hiding in there. She's like, no, Daddy. I'm like, oh, she's in the reading room that we have. I go, I look over there, and she's like standing and has the book kind of in front of her face like as if I can't find her. And I'm like, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, 
Yeah, I just took a poop. They will never find me if I just put my face in a book. They'll never suspect it was me that crapped on the floor. No. <laughs> it's great. Not great, but so I, the fact that we still went kind of blew me away because I thought for sure Sid was going to be like, I don't want to do this. This is a sign. It was also the wildest weekend in a long time in Seattle. Nuts. Right? Because there was a concert Friday that was pretty big. What was, was that? Was that Pet Shop Boys? Ooh, something at the Climate Pledge. You're right. right. And then Saturday, you had the Mariners playing. Crack and home opener. Uh, crack and home opener. You had Huskies. the Huskies playing at 2.30. Yep. And then Sunday, right, you had the Hawks, Panic at the Disco at the yep. Climate Pledge, and then Elton John down at Tacoma. Also, I mean, Candlebox at the show at the uh, Snoqualmie Casino, Ted. Yeah, I mean, it was just, I was like, there is so much, there's so much stuff going on that I left the city and went to Olympia. <laughs> Smart move. <laughs> I did play pickleball, though. a boy. Have you played that yet? No. It's pretty fun. I don't even, I always heard of it. I don't even know how to play it. It's like a hybrid between tennis and table tennis. I know you're not, like, told not you're not allowed to play it in some places. Oh, really? Isn't it like a ball field to say no pickleball? Or is that another game that has a ball in it? I think that's a different game. This okay. is like special like courts and stuff. So okay. it's like smaller. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it fun? It is. And you can make it kind of as intense as you want or not as intense as you want. <laughs> Let me guess. It started not as intense, but you, then it got to being very intense. You know, how, you. you know how it worked. I know how you roll. <laughs> All right, Ted. I know we got to run. We got Kevin Martin on the other side, so we're going to take a quick break. Talk to Kevin Martin from Candlebox. I'll stay quiet. But you know what? I'm sorry, look, because I, I, didn't, I didn't meet you. I'll stay quiet. Why don't we meet somewhere after the interview and uh, catch up? All right. All right. I don't know how to go. Take a break. I don't know. I, mean, I need like a sound that says the, the segment's over. Follow us on Twitter at the Megacast. Boom. All right, Steve Miggs here. I'm here with Kevin from Candlebox. Kevin, always great to see you here. Sold out show at the Snoqualmie Casino. I got to ask, you're back in the Northwest. What are those emotions like to come back to the area that, you know, you first got your first start in making things and making what Candlebox became? It's strange, man. Um, My brother lives not too far from here. My mom lives with my brother. I mean, it's... It's kind of you, I come home to this place and I and I feel like home. Yeah. Um, but then I remember I live in Los Angeles and that I only need to be here for twenty four to forty eight hours. And I I like that. But when it's beautiful out like this, I'm like I should probably move back to Seattle because <laughs> it doesn't happen like this in LA so much. But no, I, it's it's really great, man. I mean, I, I've got so many friends coming tonight and I get to see the guys from Sweetwater when I'm in town and and the Green Apple Quick Step Cats and you know there's a lot of great memories here and and um, I mean next year's the thirtieth anniversary. Through the debut album, so we got something special planned for that next year. And uh, I saw recently it was like the 27th anniversary of Lucy. It's it's got to be a trip because it doesn't feel. It feels like it feels almost like yesterday when you hear these songs and they're just so timeless. It's got to be a trip to know that they're they're they've been around for three decades. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, thank God they're timeless. Um, (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 amazing to me. I still it still pays my rent, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. I I when we started this band um, back in '91. There was a lot going on in the city, you know. There's a lot of magic happening, and 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 we were just hoping that somehow it would rub off on us, and, and a little bit of it did, you know. And here we are, 30 years later, still still playing shows and selling out, you know, uh, casinos and and the Paramount Theater and the Moore Theater, whatever it is. I mean, it's it's pretty special, you know. I, I I get butterflies. I still get nervous when I come here to play shows. I don't get that way in any other city. Yeah. Because I know that there's a lot of people here watching mm-hmm. to see what happens. And you know, 30 years later, hopefully that this thing still works. And <laughs> you know, but I got a great band, and and I and I love my guys now. And you know, that's that's not to discount Pete and Barty and Scott who you know have lives outside of Candlebox but um, I'm just I'm, I'm fortunate to have guys that I play with over the 30 years that I love and I still and I and I, I just enjoy it oh absolutely and we talk about playing the sold out shows and this tour you're coming towards the end of the tour yeah. you have a few more dates left I'd like to go back to that first show I mean the world shut down and that must have been hard for musicians and artists because that's the bread and butter playing these live shows and then all of a sudden you can't do that and now you get to do it again I know it's a music of concert goer yeah. that first show back was surreal and weird but it was like a celebration to be around other people again and enjoy live music what was it like for you the musician the person that goes up on stage that first show back do you remember is any any crazy memories that go back in your head when when that first show happened again yeah i mean 
hadn't sung in two yeah. years, so yeah. it was, um, <laughs> you know, sing for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it's an odd thing, you know, as as a as a singer. I, I'm a reluctant lead singer. I was a drummer before I joined Candlebox, um, and and so. I've never really had that kind of, I sing every day and I do my sort of thing, you know, like it's just, I was a drummer and then all of a sudden I got this job singing in Candlebox and 30 years later I'm still doing it. So I don't sit at home and sing, you know, an hour and a half worth of music every day. I'm playing guitar or I'm playing drums or I'm doing something else. Um, So that first show was a little odd for me. I was, I remember I was super cautious in the first three songs like just not pushing my voice very hard and and um and feeling like what actually feels pretty good and yeah. and then i went after it and then six songs and i'm like oh this is cakewalk yeah but the the mindset was am i going to be able to do this mm-hmm. because it's been almost two years since i performed right um so it was weird but we got through it and then the next show was cake and and from that moment on it was um it was pretty awesome it just was great to be, to be around people again like you said you know yeah. um and to see bands that we toured with back in the day we we're playing shows with and to catch up with them and catch up with what was going on in their world for 20 months of, of not playing music um but it was pretty awesome i think we were in the first show back was in rocklahoma in in yeah. oklahoma and it was hot and stinky and dirty and, <laughs> and fun but it was great that's a damn great rock show right there hot stinky dirty and fun yeah, <laughs> that could be the name of the next tour record. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, one last quick question. I, I keep reading about and hearing about a documentary. Yeah. Uh, when is that coming out? Do you have a projected date? I heard fall of this year, so I was just kind of curious when when we're going to see that Candlebox documentary. I think what's happening is they're going to release it in the spring because we have a box set of of the first three Candlebox records coming out with a bunch of unreleased stuff. And that's like seven or eight vinyls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to celebrate, obviously, the 30 years of the band. Um, so I think the documentary is going to come out in the spring. Mm-hmm. And that just basically tells the story of the band that, you know, that a lot of people don't know are from Seattle. And, mm-hmm. and that 30 years later still have a career. So it's cool. It's fun. I've, I've seen the first 20 minutes of it. And it's so is it weird knowing that you have a documentary about yourself yeah, and, and your art. It is. And, it, and, and it's and it's it's interesting because it's like no holds barred there's a lot of there's a lot of stories in this documentary about the band over the years that I think people are going to be shocked about mm-hmm. and, and maybe didn't expect to, to know that you know we didn't have a heroin problem but we had other problems right. and, and you know we we somehow survived and, and made it through all of it and then took a, you know, a long unfortunate break from 2000 2006 but it goes through all of that and it, and it tells those stories of what Barty did when he left what Scott did when he left what Pete did when he left and, and how I tried to carry this on and continue to carry this torch of this band um, and it's and it's cool and it's it's interesting and I, and I I haven't seen what Barty and Pete and Scott have to say you right. know and they haven't seen what I have oh, to wow. say so it's going to be interesting and yeah. I think Barty's coming tonight and Scott's coming tonight Pete lives in Tampa but it's going to be great would you know? watch it all together the first time or is that I something that? That. <laughs> I don't know about that we have to contact our attorneys probably yeah. well I appreciate you taking some time <laughs> out I know man sold out show tonight looking forward to seeing you guys live you always kill it and I'm looking forward to the documentary when that does come out thank you yeah it's good to see you guys you got Kevin from Candlebox <laughs>